Today's episode is brought to you by the Western Extension Risk Management Education Center, USDA NEFA, and the University of Hawaii College of Tropical Ag and Human Resources, as well as the Livestock Extension Group. Aloha, welcome everyone to the Livestock Walaau, a podcast aimed to provide educational support, information, guidance, and outreach to livestock stakeholders in Hawaii. We are your hosts, Mele Oshiro and Shannon Sand. Today, we're going to introduce you to Dr. Dylan Fuse, who will be talking to us about his upcoming projects in Hawaii. So thank you, Dylan, so much for joining us today. And we're very um, excited to be talking to you and introduce you to everyone. Dr. Dylan Fuse, who will be ta- coming over to Hawaii shortly, very shortly. So he's here today to share a little bit about um, his upcoming projects in Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh... I'm enthused about it. I've been working on some uh, projects and grants for really several months now with uh, Melly and Shannon and Mark Thorne uh, trying to put together a project that uh, I'm interested in and they were and that we thought would be of interest to Hawaii cattle producers. Tell us a little kind of how you came to to your current position and then how you ended up, well, you're going to be coming over here and we're all excited to see you. So, <laughs> yeah, so it's cold and rainy here uh, the last couple of days, which is good because we've been in the drought. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to uh, some sun in Hawaii, but uh, certainly we'll take the rain here because uh, we haven't been pretty severe drought. But anyway, I grew up on cattle ranches in Wyoming, uh, Western Wyoming, a couple of different ones and uh, always assumed I would, go on and become a cattle rancher. I mean, I went to to college and got a bachelor's in agribusiness thinking that that would help me be a better uh, businessman. And uh, that was in, I'll be dating myself now, but that was in the late uh, 70s, early 80s. And uh, cattle ranching was pretty tough then. The economics weren't very good. And uh, my father was ranching and it appeared to me from what uh, I'd learned in college that I could either stay there and take equity away from him and bear to get by, or I could go on and find something else to do and he could continue ranching as long as he wanted. So that was the choice I made, went back for some more schooling, ended up getting a master's and a PhD in agriculture economics from uh, Colorado State University. And basically then went to work and um, I still remember my, Fear was, wow, I've got one good research idea. I want to do some stuff on uh, raising versus buying replacement Mm -hmm. heifers and how you should raise them. So I did that work, and I'm not sure I ever got the answer uh, to that whole problem, but uh, did that and then just started finding more topics and basically spent uh, 16 years in South Dakota and Nebraska working with mm-hmm. cow-calf and feedlot operators, which the feedlot was, uh, and the cattle harvesting industry was new to me growing up on a cow-calf ranch. I didn't know yeah. that at all. Mm-hmm. So that was fun uh, and worked with some great producers, small-scale producers, big producers, worked with uh, in Nebraska, mm-hmm. certainly big cattle country. Uh, had feedlots of over 100,000 head that were willing to work and share their information with me. So that was that was great. Worked with uh, two or three of the main meat slaughtering companies and did a lot of work there. And then we moved to Utah State University 15 years ago 
and uh, not as much cattle here, uh, still more than in Hawaii. And yeah. I always say it doesn't really matter how many because it's still important to the people that yeah. are raising them. Right. Absolutely. But I got a little more diversity here in my programming. You know, not only worked with the alfalfa or the cattle producer, but with mm-hmm. the alfalfa growers, a little bit of dairy. And then for uh, nine years, last nine years, I took on an administrative role as a department head for our applied economics department. And basically decided I'd done all I could do there, enough damage or something or enough <laughs> good and decided to get out of that. But I wanted to, you know, to look at restarting. I would be going back into an extension research teaching Position. program. And I was thinking, man, I'm kind of out of it. I need to rehome my skills and mm-hmm. and started looking. And I'm not for sure what first drew me to Hawaii, but started looking at, uh, I mean, I've, I've been to Oahu, Maui, Kauai, and the Big Island each one time and mm-hmm. and knew that there were cattle ranches there and and uh, started talking and, and finally got put in touch with Mark Thorne. And uh, we started talking about, you know, what has been done, what could be done. And uh, that's kind of what, what piqued my interest was, hey, it looks like quite a few people have been doing some stuff on grazing, mm-hmm. on grass-finished cattle, on shipping, on record-keeping. But there hasn't been a lot of uh, market analysis, risk yeah. analysis done. And that's kind of my uh, specialty. So got in touch with all of you. And, uh, and that's kind of what's led me to today. And then, I don't know. I know we're hoping to have you on for a full episode later on when you actually get here mm-hmm. in, in, well, we'll have to see how all the in-person yeah. stuff goes or if that's yeah. a possibility or how that'll work out. <laughs> yeah. In, in today's world climate, uh, you never know. Yeah. I certainly hope that when I get there, I'm able to, uh, get out and, and do meetings in person, mm-hmm. maybe get on some of the ranches on the different islands and, yeah. and talk with those individuals. Uh, because I always felt like anybody that's surviving in production agriculture is already doing a good job. So I'm not there to change their operation. I'm there to understand what they are doing and then look and say, oh, can we tweak something just a little? Can I help you with this just a little bit? Give you another idea for marketing or another way to manage that risk and then help you be better with what you're already doing. Right. Uh, And so I've tried to learn some of that from a distance, uh, but obviously still um, not very up to speed on the whole Hawaii cattle industry. And I'm looking forward to that. I think Hawaii is one of those unique States Mm -hmm. as someone who's worked in a couple of different ones. And Melly's worked in a couple of different countries at this point. (laughs) That is one of those places you have to, you, you are, it is much easier to get a handle of what's going on when you're on the ground and you're here and you get to meet the people and stuff. So I think that's definitely, I think you'll be fine once you get here. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. And I think it's important like for folks to um, be able to talk to people outside of in, in, in the in the same industries, but in a different, you know, states and country, like Shannon said, because some things are just handled differently. And what some something that might work outside may work where we are, it may not, well. you know, so it's good. I, I, I think that's very important. Mm-hmm. Um keep your options open and, you know, be willing to listen to different, um, 
suggestions and, you know, and share and whatnot. And I, I think Shannon and I always kind of talk about that. And that's one of the things with our podcast is learning from your neighbors, right? Because some of us don't realize we face the same problems and we're right next to each other, but don't have that means of communication. So we're excited to see, yes. um, you know, the projects and what comes up and hope, I really hope we can have some in-person stuff and get back to a little bit more um, hands-on and workshops and whatnot. It'd be really good. Yeah. Fingers crossed, right? Yeah. Yes. We'll see yeah. how it goes. Yeah, I, I know when I was, uh, you know, a young man working on my father's cattle ranch, uh, you know, we were focused on cow-calf and basically the feedlot industry and uh, further upstream to the, the meat packer, those were, we viewed those almost as the enemy. You know, they were people who were trying to steal our calves from us, if you will. And then when I got, uh, especially to Nebraska and started working a lot with the feedlot operators, I realized they were the same as cow-calf guys. They were just family all, guys trying to make a living. Make money. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and trying to, to feed cattle. And, and they were willing to work with, with cow-calf producers and share risk with them. Right. I mean, obviously, yeah, they're trying to make money. Everybody's trying to make money. And then I yeah. started working with... Uh, you know, two or three of the big meat packing companies as well got into, you know, talk to upper management, talk to cattle buyers, recognized uh, the challenges they face and realized, yeah, there's a, there's a competition between feedlots and, and meat packers because feedlots want a higher price. Packers want to buy it for a cheaper price, but ultimately we're still moving cattle into beef products and to the consumer. And so you have to be somewhat team player. So that's, you know, that's one of the things I hope I can bring to the, to the islands. I may not fully understand the Hawaii cattle industry, but I think I have a pretty good understanding of the mainland cattle industry mm-hmm. and for your cattle that get shipped here, an understanding of how the, the stalker operations work, how the feedlot operations work and uh, the risks that are involved in each of those what marketing agreements can do for you, what they can't do for you, what you can do price-wise and what you can't in terms of, you know, when prices are low, prices are going to be low. But can we do something to to protect that? Or can we at least always be on the upper end of prices, whether they're in a high range or a low range? And yeah, I think there's some things that we can do and hopefully I can share some of that uh, with producers and and look look at that and understand the current agreements and see if uh, there's ways to tweak those that incentivize both the, the cow-calf producer to deliver a good product as well as incentivize the stalker or the feedlot to do a good job raising those calves that, uh, you know, the Hawaii producers are proud to, to be sending there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think another point or area of big interest would be to our grass finish market here in Hawaii because, you know, it's small, but um, there's still a lot of producers that want to do it and do do it. Um, and addressing some of the risks for them, I think, um, based yeah. on maybe some of the other experiences that you've seen in the States um, would be useful to them, I think, because some of them don't want to, um, you know, don't want to have the risk of raising grass finish because of the long-term commitment to it. But right. then in the end, there is some demand still for it from the consumer side. So. Yeah. And I, that's, I'm interested in doing that work. It seems like uh, particularly Dr. Thorne has done quite a little on that. The physical side of that, <laughs> how, how you can 
actually grass finished cattle in mm -hmm. Hawaii and, and the time frame and the type of, of environment you need, but probably not as much done on the economics and the risk. Right. And, yeah. and hopefully, you know, with it sounds like there's some changes going on with some shipping rates, with some potential for some new or renovated packing facilities. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I'd be excited to try to work with producers and, and say, okay, yeah, it's a big, big step from taking that 400 pound calf up to the thousand yeah. pounds or whatever. And, and mm -hmm. so how do you uh, deal with that risk that you're going to be owning that animal for another year or something? I mean, obviously when the market's trending higher, yeah. uh, that's, that's a nice situation to be right. in. You're holding <laughs> the animal and it's getting more valuable, but when yeah. they're stable or declining, then there's a lot of risk involved in, can we do stuff with contracts? Yeah. Can we, you know, do stuff with uh, mm -hmm. maintaining ownership, almost clear through to retail that would help out some labeling issues. And, you know, I think working with, uh, with all of you and with the producers, with the Hawaii Cattlemen's Council, the Hawaii Cooperative. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. I think there's lots of entities that can mm -hmm. get involved and, and, uh, help those yeah help those dreams to come true yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah well, we're excited mm -hmm. uh, and like i said we're praying that we'll have and you know even if we end up not being able to have in person stuff i think um our producers have well adjusted figured it to out being online quick. and yeah. stuff so um, I think there's great opportunity. Shannon and I have learned a lot more skills in live streaming things. So we know there's more lots about of technology than either yeah. of us ever thought we would have yeah. in a lifetime in the last year. And a half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. we more never about thought audio and video than we ever thought we would. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so. so, but it, yeah, it's, you know, technology, I think it's a savior in our, in our, yeah. um, positions because otherwise we'd really be limited on how much outreach we can do, you know, during the times that we can't be face-to-face. -face. So, but, um, thank you Dylan for, you know, introducing you. your project and yourself and a little bit of your background. We're excited to get to see you in person. Um, and when exactly, so I guess to give everybody a little bit of a timeline, um, yeah. of the project and, uh, when you'll be here so they can kind of look oh. forward to some dates. I will arrive on uh, Kona Airport September 1st, about 12.30, I think it is. Yeah. And, uh, so right around a, when this episode goes live. Yeah. yeah <laughs> have a home uh, rented up in Waimea. And nice. so we'll be there. Uh, so, yeah, I'm looking, looking okay. forward to it. Uh, interesting as part of this gig i'm also still going to be teaching a class via distance and zoom oh. online back at uh, utah state university which is a agriculture commodity marketing class oh, so i always fun. try to stay even and when i was department head i taught this course too so it always kept me involved in the market and uh, i always enjoy teaching students whether those students are uh, 18 20 year olds uh, in front of me or whether those are adult practitioners i uh, i like working with the the futures and options market and teaching about that and mm -hmm. i always maintain that nobody needs to become a trader but we can learn some stuff that can help us be better cattle marketers so i'll be doing that 
and uh, that'll help make sure that I'm up to date. So when somebody calls me and says, what's going on in the cattle market? Hopefully oh, I yeah. I will know that. And, <laughs> and uh, so looking forward to it, looking forward to being there. And I guess in two weeks from uh, yesterday, we'll be there. And uh, thanks for joining us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Glad you had me on. So yeah, thank you, Dylan. All right. So just to give you a quick little update of CTAR things that may have changed since our last little update, uh, mini mm-hmm. livestock update, yeah, their new state requirements um, for indoor-outdoor gatherings has changed. Yeah. So we're back to our 10 indoor and 25 outdoor. Um, and this may impact some programs in CTAR workshops that were being conducted. So just be aware if things change. Um, and I don't know. Is there anything else, Shannon? Dad? I think just, you know, things are changing rapidly depending on the day. Uh, You know, if you noticed some of our previous episodes, we had to put notes in them because we pre-filmed a lot of those and then things changed. And so what happens, I guess? Yeah, (laughs) We don't know what's going to happen next. Life's exciting, if nothing else. And that's what I'm going to tell myself. Yeah. It keeps us on us to, on our toes for sure. It does. So it does. And that's why we are in our own offices recording and not in the studio. So yes. Anyways, yes. Um, just always call ahead to the offices. Like we said before, if you're planning to come in, if you have samples or questions, give a call yeah. to the extension office Please before call. heading in. All right. And of course, we're going to share with you folks the National Livestock Days that occur in October. Woo-woo, so excited. So October 11th is National Sausage Pizza Day. Right. So go mm-hmm. visit the local butcher shop. There's one here in Waimea. Get some locally made sausage, create a pizza for your family or yourself. Or if there's a local pizza place that uses local ingredients, also check them out. Cause I know there's quite a few over where you live. So that's right. There's a couple over here in Hilo. So October 12th, National Farmers Day and Gumbo Day. Yay. Yay. So appreciate your farmers. National that's farmers right. Day. Which is y'all. So mm-hmm. and ranchers. We're, I, we're counting both together. That's right. October 15th is National Grouch Day and Shawarma Day. <laughs> National Grouch National Day. Grouch day. I got an excuse that day. <laughs> <laughs> so is that is that an excuse that you can be grouchy that day? Kind I of guess thing? so. I was like, I just love shawarma. So I was like, <laughs> shawarma is, if you don't know, I believe it is a traditionally like lamb based meal and it's in a flatbread. So think of like, a Middle Eastern or Mediterranean. I forget which one it is. So I'm sorry. Taco, basically. Again, that's really, really simplifying it. But it's delicious. So good. Want October 19th is Seafood Bisque Day. And we have quite a few aquaculture producers here in the state. So that's right. So October 20th. I am so excited about this one because I, I am from this area. Chicken and Waffles Day. <laughs> I love chicken and waffles. It's a thing. They're delicious. (laughs) Who doesn't love chicken and waffles? I don't know. Oh, and then last but not least, October 24th is National Food Day. So well then appreciate it all, right? Right. That just sounds like a good excuse to like eat something really delicious that you want to eat. Yeah. Have something you haven't had in a long time. For additional information about this topic, see the Livestock Vala Al website listed in the show notes of the podcast and the description box of our YouTube page. Thanks for listening to the Livestock Vala Al. And before we go, show some love for your favorite podcast, That's Us, by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you're listening to us. 
Thanks again to our sponsors, the Western Extension Risk Management Education Center, USDA NEFA, the Livestock Extension Group, and CTAR. Then stay tuned for our next topic, where we will be talking to Caitlin McCulloch, the Director and Senior Economist for the Livestock Marketing Information Center. Mahalo for tuning in. Mahalo. We talk to you next time.